Hey everyone, welcome back to the Jamie Star Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. So we finally made it to the season finale of the podcast. The final episode of season two. And my guest today is an actress and singer. This is Maggie Paletti. Was so the first show that I saw on your resume that you saw was Seussical. So I was wondering, was Dr. Seuss a big part of your childhood? Um, actually, no, it's not. It was not. Um, it was just it happened to be, you know, and that was actually kind of a little later in my career. But it was a show that offered me my equity card. And I was just like, oh, OK, I actually didn't have much interest in doing children's shows. But that show was really endearing. And I like the music a lot. And I was able to, you know, travel around the U.S. doing it. So I got to see places that I had never seen before. And so I kind of weighed the pros and cons of it. Mm-hmm. And I decided to go for it. But no, I really I really hadn't had much Dr. Seuss like experience. I didn't really read the books at all. I was like a outdoor child. <laughs> mm-hmm. What was your experience like bringing like the Dr. Seuss classics to life across the country? Yeah. What was your experience like bringing the Dr. Seuss classics around the world, uh, the country? It was nice. You know, I think the best part of it was seeing the children's responses. Um, a lot of shows, we would come out into the audience. This was way pre-COVID and, you know, talk to kids. And it was it was really wonderful to see these children respond so, so warmly to the show. And they were so excited. And I think that's the best part of doing a children's show is just being able to see the children and how it mm-hmm. impacts them and, um, you know, brings joy into their lives. I have to ask you about your experience with High School Musical because that was like my childhood, my (laughs) literal childhood, like, and especially since you played Sharpay and Sharpay was all I wanted to be in like elementary school, like pre, end of preschool through like first or second grade, like Sharpay was like my life. So I was wondering, was High School Musical, did you, were you a fan of the movies? You know, I... I had seen the movies and I thought they were cute. I wouldn't consider myself a huge fan. What I did gravitate towards was the character. I loved that it was very, I mean, she was like the quintessential mean girl, you know, and and um, I think when you get a chance to play sort of the villain character, it can be really fun. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I thought the show itself was really fun. The dance numbers were, were really lively and exciting. And mm-hmm. I liked the idea of it being sort of a hit musical that I knew a lot of people would come and see. We were sold out every single night. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a chance to open for some bigger bands in, in Nashville as well. Oh, so we so would cool. do a couple opening numbers. Um, and so, yeah, all around a great experience. The cast was wonderful. Um, and, yeah, I, I got to learn more about High School Musical. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't as versed in in the experience but um yeah it was a delightful experience and an an awesome show yeah when i saw that they did once upon a time they did a national tour of high school musical little did i know i just figured it out like six months ago the gabriella that i saw was ariel jacobs and the and the sharpay was chandra lee schwartz there you go yeah because everybody starts somewhere Mm -hmm. and i when i interviewed uh ariel jacobs i was like i didn't realize that you were gabriella i was going to see sharpay and gabriella and troy no offense i wasn't going to see ariel jacobs and chandra lee schwartz because i was five right yeah but yeah um, it was like now that i think about it it's like see like big names in the community back when i was little before they were like you know who they are now 
Well, it's a reminder that everybody starts somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's, you have to start at the bottom and climb your way up. Yeah. Have you always wanted to be in a Disney musical? No. <laughs> really? No. Yeah. I mean, I don't No, Not really. <laughs> this is the most honest answer. <laughs> I, I loved uh, Disney movies growing up. Um, it was never like. It was never a huge, huge dream of mine. I was offered a Disney cruise um, right out of college, and um, I just I couldn't do it because I I'm a person that gets kind of seasick. Mm-hmm. But I remember thinking at the time, like you know, if I was gonna do a cruise, Disney would be the most fun. Um, but yeah, you know, I have friends to this day that are like honeymooning in Disney World, and I I would never do that. I think Disney is cool, but I I don't I'm not like one of those huge Disney Disney fans. You're not like but, me. <laughs> yeah, no, but there's nothing wrong with it. Disney is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I I like kind of edgier musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had my choice. I would want to do yeah, just edgier things or like I love comedy, so comedy is really more my thing, like farces and. Mm-hmm and television and things like that speaking of edgy so chicago you did it three mm-hmm. times and played the same role three times or more or is it more than three i've done it more yeah i only i i probably only put it on the resume a couple times it was a gift of a show that kept repeating what did you know about chicago before your journey even kind of started well, I had listened to the musical a lot growing up. I was pretty familiar with it. Um, I love Kander and Ebb, so I've always been um, a huge fan of, of their work. And um, my voice really lends itself to traditional musical theater. And so I was super pumped to be able to do that show and, and really blessed that it continued to happen over the years. Um, it's really a show, if you have an opportunity to play Roxia, I did so young. And it's a show that hopefully I can just continue to play as I get older because mm-hmm. you know it really has like a wide age, age yeah. range um but yeah no that is that is just my dream show and I'm I'm so grateful that I had an opportunity to do it and basically what I did was before the show I did a lot of research on my own about how I wanted to approach the character you know I bought I bought a book on on the musical and how it had changed over the years and I in my research I had had looked up the original Roxy Hart of or who it was sort of based on and Mm -hmm. um, I read a lot about the murder itself and I read that she had listened to this one record um for 15 minutes before she ever called the police after the murder happened and so every night before the show I would listen to that oh that's so cool and there were little things like that that I um that I kind of incorporated into my journey of the character um but yeah I really hope I can do it again it's it's um, definitely a a dream show still yeah like not you made a good point when you said that it's like a giant age range because you can be 45 or 18 and still play roxy exactly yes yeah because uh my one of my like friends that i've made thank you to podcasting molly downs she uh was supposed to do the na- the new national tour i know molly yes yes and she is apparently the tour isn't happening anymore sadly insert sad face emoji because we talked about me when she comes here to michigan and all that kind of stuff when i met her but like it's and she's like right in the middle of the age range so it's like really kind of cool how different people interpret it differently no matter how old or how young they are 
Yeah, and you know, she's a beautiful dancer and a beautiful actress. And I think that the opportunity will certainly come back up for her. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I told her that um, the day I see you in a show, I'm going to be that one person screaming in the uh, audience during a curtain call. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she's like, I and I will know it's you. (laughs) I talk to Molly all the time. So it's like, she's not surprised. When you did the show the second time, the third time, I don't know, four or five, however many times you've done it, were you surprised, like, on day one, like, how much you remembered from the previous time, like, in terms of, like, the song lyrics and the and the dialogue? Yeah, I am always um, super prepared before the first rehearsal, so I tend to come in completely off book anyway. Um, But I think what's the most interesting part of going into a show for the second or third or fourth time is that you have to sort of train your brain to shut off some of the things that you had learned previously, because Mm -hmm. if they're not using the original choreography, you have to learn the new choreography, you have to learn the new blocking. And so it is sort of um, a challenge for your brain to say, okay, I'm going to go back to square one. And my only goal is to listen. My only Mm -hmm. goal is to tell the story and we're going to do it differently than the last time because, you know, the costumes are different. The set is different. The actors are different. So it's a totally different experience. And I think it's um, a really nice exercise as an actor to force yourself to, you know, first of all, not only compare because you don't want to be like, well, in the last show we did this, Mm -hmm. you know, because everything is a new experience. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think it was more about just being... um, open to a new experience and new ideas has it ever happened to you where you're like in the you're in rehearsal or whatever and on accident like completely on accident you did like the wrong choreography from like a previous run or sang a note differently like completely you weren't even that you it was just an accidental thing I don't think so because there's so much time to rehearse it that Mm -hmm. you wouldn't I I don't I don't think so I've certainly messed up words before for Mm -hmm. sure um, but I don't think I've ever done like an old, an old choreography movement. <laughs> like on accident, just like just uh, kind of. I don't know. No, there's just so much rehearsing it before you actually open that. Like, you know, if, if there was going to be a mistake like that, it would happen in rehearsal. Yeah, like in the rehearsal room, did it ever? Did it ever happen? I don't think so. No, but also I will say that like. I think 90% of the choreography that I did in all of the shows was very similar because Chicago, much like Cats, much like Chorus Line, is Mm -hmm. one of those shows where the choreography is usually the original or some type of variation on the original. Very often it's very, very similar. Mm -hmm. Was it difficult for you? Is it hard for you to relearn a show several times or... Is it like, oh, I have a background in this, and yes, it's going to be different, you know, choreo- maybe different choreography, different blocking, different things like that. Um, is that is it easier or harder to be co- like knowing going into it that you're going to have different choreography and uh, direct and blocking like musical notes? I think it's exciting. I think just going into you know, honestly, anything in life, it's about mindset, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you go into it with a lot of anxiety, or you're scared, or you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what this is going to be like, and you're thinking the worst, it's you're not going to go in with a nice experience. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, 
So you really want to go in with confidence and with an open heart and an open mind. And I think when you do that, you are setting yourself up for success. Yeah. What was it like finally getting to do a show in New York City off Broadway? Um, you know, it's a show is a show. It, it's so interesting because um, a lot of people... I've heard this over the years, like, oh, well, I, I made my debut and, it, you know, it's just the, it's just the theater. And it's true. It's like you, a show is a show. It's the same experience. The only thing that's different is the budget, right? So you go from doing like a musical that had like hardly any budget. And then all of a sudden you're doing a $5 million budget show. And so mm-hmm. the biggest things that you notice are just like props and sets and, you know, microphones and things that are just nicer Mm -hmm. in terms of the ambiance around you and and um the resources and stage management and things like that so it's the back the the behind the scenes things that you notice the most and then of course like the costumes that you're putting you in Mm -hmm. but really as an actor it's the same experience you can go from i mean i've had so many friends that go from being in a small regional show in tennessee and next month they're on broadway you know Mm -hmm. it's, it's what you bring to the role no matter where you are yeah what do you love about performing in New York City? I mean, it's convenient. I live here. So like, you know, you just get on the train and you're at work in 30 minutes and, mm-hmm. you know, the pay is better and yeah. you're usually working with uh, very professional people. Um, and it's nice to be around people that are going after the same things. And I think the most beautiful thing about working in New York City is that as an actor, and I encourage a lot of my students and a lot of friends of mine that we should always be looking outside of the box right so when you put yourself in this little box about oh I only do theater you can kind of limit yourself and so when you're able to do work in New York it's nice because then you can also focus on your commercials and on your tv roles and Mm -hmm. on your other auditions and you can always be sort of working towards the next step Mm -hmm. whereas when you're like doing a regional show you're out of the city you're missing auditions you're kind of isolated and so yeah new york city is definitely the dream especially if you live here yeah i love new york it's like my favorite place besides disney world (laughs) yeah any day anytime i will be i i love it there what is your favorite streaming platform? Uh, you mean like to watch TV and stuff? Mm-hmm. I love HBO. I I mean, I think that you can find a lot of fun stuff that you can't normally find on mm-hmm. there. Um, I don't know. I love Hulu, though, too, because I love I Love Lucy, and I can go back and watch, like, old shows like that. Oh, I didn't know that was on Hulu. Yeah, every, every, almost every episode. They're missing some episodes, but yeah. Um, I like being able to, like, catch up on TV on Hulu. Yeah. Who is someone that can always make you laugh? My husband. He's hilarious. (laughs) Good answer. (laughs) He's so silly. It's the key to happiness is to laugh. Mm -hmm. And laughter is also the best medicine, no matter what. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. What is your guilty pleasure? Reality television. Same. I love Survivor. I'm like obsessed with this new season of Survivor. Um, I've watched, I mean, I like The Circle. I like um, Dancing with the Stars is like a new one because I've I've been supporting Amanda Clute. So like I've been watching it now for the first time and I'm like, oh, this show is actually pretty good. Love Bachelorette. Love Bachelor in Paradise. I mean, all those embarrassing shows. Yeah, I have it. I love Dancing with the Stars too, like loyal fan. 
And I've gotten to chat with some people from The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and things like that. And I will say they're some of my most funny interviews I've ever done. You actually have a very impressive list of people that you've chatted with. I'm, yeah. I'm impressed by you and your Thanks. go-getter skills. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Alexis Waters is one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. She, you have to have a good personality to go on those shows. So. Mm-hmm. No filter. Expect not. Don't. It's like when you going in with her, I kind of had, a, I don't know what I was expecting, but like I regret having expectations because you can't have expectations when it comes to chatting with her because you don't know what will come out of her mouth, which makes right. it memorable. Totally. Especially with her um, shark cut, co- her dolphin costume. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> it was so amazing. Uh, who are some of your favorite artists to listen to? Um, let's see. Well, I love the band Lawrence. I've been really into them recently. Um, they're a brother sister duo. I listen to them a lot. I love, um, I love Eminem, like old school Eminem I've been putting on recently. Um, I like, you know, of course, Beyonce, anything that's like really good feeling um that's like gonna hype me up a lot of times we listen to like this real focus mix on spotify that's just like or, oh no it's called pure focus and it's just music that like gets you in the mood to be motivated and get stuff done i love that yeah so like it's like kind of like I, i'm not into techno but it kind of has this like sort of techno feel to it but oh. it's music for the brain so that like you know you can run to it you can write a paper to it you can you know I'll need to look into that yeah it's really good we love that yeah I need to look into it being a college student that's something I need yeah especially someone who with me being someone who always has music on yeah that's right and also just to plug my own podcast it's only the beginning a great podcast to listen to if you Mm -hmm. want to get inspired especially if you're in the arts yeah are you someone who enjoys taking naps not really. I mean, I would like to take naps, I guess, but I don't really have time to take them. Um, I feel like when I take a nap, it's harder for me to get to sleep later. So mm-hmm. no, I'm going to say no. If you were to compete in the Olympics in any sport, which one would it be? It can be winter or it can be summer. Downhill skiing. Because I, I, um, I was a competitive skier until I was 16. Oh. And a lot of times I do look back like, what if I hadn't quit? You know, mm-hmm. I, I showed really great talent as a young child in skiing and um I think if I had focused a little harder on it maybe I could have done something with that I don't know but my heart was somewhere else so like could have would have should have but yeah, yeah definitely skiing. who are some of your role models in the musical theater world you know honestly my husband is a huge role model to me you know he he didn't make his Broadway debut until he was 30 and um he he moved from Atlanta not really having any idea of what New York would be like. And um, I think he's really defied the odds and he comes into every experience with a positive attitude and everybody loves him. And I think it's um, a testament to when you're meant to do something, you'll do it no matter what. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't feel the pressures of of a timeline, which is really important. And um, I just think, yeah, I, I think that watching him succeed has been a huge inspiration. What show did he make his Broadway debut in? Beautiful. Ooh, that's so cool. Yeah. I'm going to see the tour in January here. Yeah. Oh, nice. A lot of our friends are on it. It's great. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. 
Yeah, it's wonderful. I haven't seen it yet, like, from beginning to end in person. And I've interviewed people from the show. Like, I've had Shalina Kennedy and Carol Lindsay and all that mad in it. Yes, of course. And it, yeah, I'm excited. What are some of your pet peeves? Just in general? Uh huh. In life. <laughs> I, I can't stand when the house is a mess. Like, I'm a super clean freak. I cannot get thing, anything done if the house is messy. So I spend a lot of time every day, like, just cleaning up after my husband. <laughs> he's a, yeah, he's a also, boy. He's part boy. He was a boy in his lifetime. He's so a, Yeah, he's a boy. I, I also, like, I can't stand when people are late, you know, like, mm-hmm. from a producing standpoint. Like, I can't stand when people come and they're not prepared. Like, that really irks me. Um, I just I, I just can't fathom it because I, I am always on time and prepared and I expect everyone that I hire to be the same way oh yeah me too like I know I was like two minutes late just because for some reason my computer was taking forever oh, no, to no, turn no. on they're not talking about two minutes there are some people that show up an hour late 30 that, minutes late that's awful You're like, really yeah, like, I'm normally very much on time or early before, but like, the person who I chat with is even on the Zoom, I'm already on it, but for t- for some reason, today was one of those days where my computer wanted to take a sweet old time to turn on. No worries, it's all good. <laughs> what is your favorite junk food? Um, okay, so there's this cookie dough that's edible, and, like, you don't have to heat it up or anything, um... It's called Eat Pastry, and I don't eat gluten or dairy, so it's really hard for me to find, you know, sometimes just total s- snack food that's terrible for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and But, I mean, it's filled with sugar, this stuff, but it's so good. I could eat it just – I could eat the whole tub in, like, two days. That's why I don't really buy it that often. <laughs> but, yeah, Eat Pastry, they have gluten-free version, and then they also have regular version as well. Oh, my gosh, it's so good. Cookie dough is, like, my kryptonite edible cookie dough the nestle toll house cookie dough when i pass it in the grocery store i'm like Ugh. yeah so good so so good what is a fun fact that not a lot of people know about you um well i can say the alphabet backwards really fast usually Ooh. faster than other people can say it forwards um i come from like a really long line of symphony musicians everyone in my family is really gifted with instruments except me um <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think those are pretty good. Well, yeah. Once again, I've been speaking with Maggie Politi. Thank you so much to everyone listening this season on the Jamie Star Podcast. I want to take a second and thank Dana Steingold, Collins Conley, Jillian Butler, Sarah Ann Fernandez, Michaela Martinez, Taylor Quick, Tiana Okoy, Jess Clark, Elena Ricardo, Courtney Mack, Evelyn Cormer, Shannon McGreen, Lauren Chardulo, Lila Coogan, Aubrey Peoples, Diamond White, Hannah Cruz, Bethany Ann Tesrick, Michelle Dowdy, Steph La Rochelle, Bailey McCall, Delaney Westfall, Robin Masella, Margie Mays, EO Alfonso, Adrian Walker, Haley Renrengo, Ashley Brown, Allie Hoxie, Claire Blackwelder, Sam Pejic, Taylor Saxelby, Lauren Spencer-Smith, Carly Bediel, Allie Mixner, Shalina Kennedy, Samantha Harris, Eden Espinosa, 
Mally Downs, Tori Trowbridge, Lauren Drew, Courtney Keller, Teal Dvornik, Jenna Nicole Scohen, Megan Fadis, Abby DePhillips, Jess Carroll, Ariel Jacobs, Vanny Lynch, Rachel Moore, Lauren Jabara, Sienna Pelikai, Christina Ricucci, Brittany Conagati, Alanis Sophia, Megan Kurtz, Stephanie J. Park, Savannah Woods, Lacey Jade Evans, Annalie List, Candace Harbin, Claire Camp, Daniela McBride, Jackie Fay, Allison Bulls, Crystal Mackey, Lindy Moe, Jessica Hartman, Holly Conway, Sunny Abada, Jane Bruce, Alicia Quarles, Alexis Waters, Elena V. Madero, Alexis, Alexa Curtis, Gracie Kramer, Gabrielle Stone, Danny Gulb, Jordan Chessmore, Julia Brogley, Cassidy Kmetz, Teague Dulipenko, Paige Buning, Angel Aviles, Hallie Stevens, Penelope Robin, Helen Hall, Haley Pachoon, Jesse, Ru- Jesse Price, Veronica Fry, Lindsay Hoffman, Taylor Cruz, Megan Gallagher, Audrey Ray, A- Erica McCauley, Hope Easterbrook, Kristen Burt, Deborah Alfarone, A- Anna Ellensfeld, Yasmin Tanris, Kalia Wasson, Liana Hunt, Katie Goffman, Katie Najet, Megan Lynn, Sam Souter, Jasmine Lormer, Vanessa Ferriolo, Cami Brady, Lauren LaBruna, Alex Hadley, Lauren Quinn, and Maggie Poletti all for joining me this season. We are not taking a break. Season 3 begins this upcoming Tuesday on the Jamie Star Podcast, and we're kicking things off with Marina Lazaretto from the National Tour of Wicked. See you then.